What's up, everybody? I'm Frank Cavone. I'm Brett Porter. I'm Doug Quimby. And we are Kind of Live. Kind of Living. And this is episode 60 of the Kind of Live, Kind of Living podcast right here on Mirth Films. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. As all of you know, you can watch, listen to Kind of Live, Kind of Living podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, YouTube podcasts, and uh, uh, if we're trying to get X-rated, Twitch, uh, which we got some ideas brewing here tonight, uh, but tonight is a very special night. We have the one and only Greg Bell in the house. What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming by, man. You've been really busy. You've had, you're just coming off festival season, rolling into the fall tour, uh, fall tour circuit. You got shows coming in left and right, especially here in October. So I got to ask, first off, did you get any time to decompress between the throwdown and, and getting ready for for the fall season. I never decompress. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that word means. It's not in your vocabulary. Okay. Well, yeah, we got a we got a special show for you guys. And as all of you know, you can join in the chat, talk to Greg. If you got questions, uh, we definitely have a bunch of questions. So there's a lot that we want to talk about. But first, just want to plug a few things. Our live our merchandise is back on our website. Uh, go to mirth-films.com. Go find some Mirth Films merch. Uh, there'll be monthly uh, merch drops, thanks to Amy Clemmy and now our merch director, Douglas Quimby, over here. And uh, thank you so much, Dougie Quimby. Uh, yeah. So, and then also, just as always, go to our Mirth Films YouTube channel where you can go subscribe, enjoy a bunch of good content. We'll be recording a bunch of shows this fall, so maybe the show that you go to is the one we go to and it, you get it uh, captured live on film. Uh, first off, just, uh, yeah, just going off of just everything relevant greg so you have quite the amount of shows coming at the end of october and it's a variety of concerts you have everybody from enter the haggis to uh magic beans to melvin seals to the wood brothers and what uh i guess when you're planning a fall uh schedule are you thinking about genres specifically what bands are on tour like what is your mind process in in booking and getting ready for a season I mean, unfortunately, most of it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with uh, the agents, the bands touring, who's coming through. Uh, you know, agents call me and say, oh, you have so-and-so coming through at this time. What can you do? And I try to find a room. I figure out what room's going to be the best for the show. And we go with it. I mean, you know, I've always booked a lot of eclectic type stuff. So, I mean, I try not to book too much similar stuff the same week, but sometimes it just happens. You know, like the last week in October, I have uh, Magic Beans with uh, Annie in the Water. I have uh, Baked Shrimp with Timber Coo. I have Melvin that Wednesday. I have Wood Brothers on that fr uh, Friday, Saturday. Okay, and, yeah. And uh, it's, you know, it's a crazy time. And, you know, unfortunately, October and April are my biggest months because a lot of the bands want to tour and get out before the winter. And in the spring, they want to get out before festival season. So October and April on paper usually looks like it's going to be an amazing time, but then what happens a lot of times is the shows start to eat each other. You know, there's only so much money to go around. You only have so much time to get out. So that, that that's an issue, but uh, you know, I can't turn down something good. So of course, of course, and and one of those bands that you brought up uh, that have kind of like created this legacy for Halloween concerts, almost like Formula Five created for Black Friday concerts. Uh, Big Shrimp. Always have a new idea. Last year they did Spinal Tap. I wonder what they got brewing this year. What, what, what do you like about Big Shrimp? Uh, I like Big Shrimp because, first of all, they're the most polite band I've ever met in my life. I mean, they call me sir. They're thanking me every other every five <laughs> minutes. 
which I don't get that part. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I like them because they're not really a jam band. They're more of like an old school power trio that jams. You know? Okay, yeah. And they're young guys. They have tons of energy. You can tell that they really love what they're doing. You know, they're not doing it to make money. They're not doing it to get famous. They're doing it because this is their lives. And from what I understand, they've been doing it since like junior high. So Really? Junior high? That's what I okay. think I heard. Junior high to high school, they've been together. So Wow. I will say, those guys know how to party. Like, I remember being at 80K Fest this year. They played the Friday or Saturday, but then they just hung around. I don't think they slept. I don't think they changed their clothes. Yeah. I was like... A lot, of, a lot of bands don't change their clothes. <laughs> you know, that probably makes sense. Where's the laundromat, you know? Do you have that much time? You still got a sound check, right? I mean, a, lot, so, a, lot of, a lot of bands and their riders have uh, tube socks on it. They don't, they don't like to watch it. <laughs> Nice. And now uh, Wood Brothers is another band that you've had year after year, different times of the yeah. year. What do you like about them? I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. You used to book them at uh, Revolution Hall? The, the first time I booked the Wood Brothers, <clears throat> I had worked with Medeski Martin Wood a few times. And their agent calls me up one night and says, oh, you know, Chris Wood has a new band with his brother, a duo. I need a show on Wednesday. And this was like on Sunday, Sunday or Monday. So I called up Valentine's. They had the night free. I knew no one was going to be there, but uh, you know, you know, the, you know, Martin Wood were great. You know, Chris Wood's an amazing player, so I figured, you know, why not? And I mean, that night there was probably eight, ten people there. You know, John Medeski, I think his wife was there, and a bunch of random people, and that was about it. I think the next time I had him was at Savannah's downtown Albany, which is a small, small room. And I did have him at Rev Hall, and I didn't have him for a few years, and we started putting him at the Palace again. So. I mean, you know, they're great guys. I mean, they're great singers, musicians, great tunes, you know. They're a lot of fun to work with, so. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was 2017, 2018, they were playing The Egg. Then they made the jump up to the palace. Yep. And just seeing them in that setting was awesome. Uh, now, this is coming uh, totally uh, as a left hook here. But I, you know, you are known for drinking Budweiser's. Uh, what is it? What, why? Is it something you just want to have on brand? Um, like, or do you love the taste of Budweiser? What is the attraction to Budweiser beverages uh, by Amheuser Busch? I, ha I have to admit, in my younger days, I mean, okay, I can, I can tell you, that I can remember the first Bud I ever had. It was out in the woods. We were like 15 years old. So we had gotten a six pack of Bud or something, or a 12 pack or whatever, and it was warm as shit, and it just tasted so good. I, I, I get it, it's, it's like heroin. The first time is always the best. And I've been chasing that taste ever since, and I've never been able to get it back. Wow, okay. Uh, but early on, in my early days of drinking in Albany, I drank Miller's. And one night somebody said, yeah, you got to stop drinking that shit. Why don't you drink Budweiser? And I started drinking Budweiser. And I don't know, I, just, I like Bud. I can drink a lot of Buds. Uh, the microbrews. I don't know, I just... See, unfortunately, I'm not a connoisseur. I'm not drinking for flavor. I'm yeah. usually drinking to get a buzz, you know? Of and course. And anybody, like my anybody who says they're drinking because they like the flavor is full of shit. Everybody <laughs> drinks to get a buzz. Whether you get a buzz off of one beer or 20 beers, the reason for drinking is the same, you know? Well, I mean, in, in, in the line of work you're in, I mean, when bands play for two sets, you know, like, I, I don't think six fiddleheads are going to do you justice either. Well, I can know? do it if I have to. But if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, like, the, fir the first show I did it at Revolution Hall, they only sold what they were brewing there. And I was doing these cherry, cherry wheats, and I had, like, Three cherry wheats. I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm a, I'm a mess here. What the hell's going on here? And they were like nine percent alcohol, you know. So at that place, I used to like sneak my own Budweisers in, stick in the back room, and just sneak buds out all night, so I didn't have to drink the other stuff. 
Dude, I not that like their stuff is bad, but I'm, I'm not saying that. But I just I don't like microbrews pretty much. I feel like Frankie is you, or you are Frankie is you, like in just the young version, sneaking in beers. You gotta have your That's PBR. That's it. I will say, I, well, actually, I'm not gonna give my secret away on sneaking in beers, oh, but I uh, want to. It involves a camera, so just to switch <laughs> things up here, um, we had somebody actually comment in here. Uh, I guess there's some naked college stories. Would you uh, feel comfortable ta- talking about them? I have no pride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what about these uh, these college okay, stories? Okay. Well, huh? I guess probably the first time I was naked in public was at a party we did in Siena called Rec Day, and it started out. It was like a. It was gonna be like a Friday afternoon. We were all gonna cut class on Friday. There were like twenty of us, and we we're just gonna like do ass and hang out and have fun, you know. And more and more people got involved, so. We decided we'd print up T-shirts as your ticket. So you'd hand in a blank T-shirt. We print them up. You paid five bucks for your T-shirt back, and we provide beer, weed, and uh, food all weekend. So the first one there was like maybe 120 people. Second one, you know, there's probably like five or six hundred people. Third one, we were up to about 1,200 people. You know, people were wow. hitchhiking in from all over the country for the thing. And uh, just getting naked and partying. Oh no, I mean, uh, it, it didn't start out like that. I mean. There was a lot of LSD around, and okay. there was a lot of alcohol, and one of our friends had a hat, and he would never take the hat off, and for some <laughs> reason we decided we were burning the hat, and we had this big giant bonfire going that we weren't supposed to have. It was on top of the grills, and it was picnic tables and chicken chairs. I mean, we were a little crazy, and uh, he got all pissed off about the hat, so I said, okay, I'll throw my shirt in, so I threw my shirt in, okay. and my friend threw his shirt in, and I threw my pants in. And he threw his pants in. And then we threw my underwear in. And we threw our shoes in. I just kept my belt so I had somewhere to keep my cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of the weekend, I was just naked at this party, you know? Okay. So there's purpose that is to amazing. it. amazing. <laughs> and another naked story was uh, at Blotoween, I think, 1980. It was about 1,000 people at J.B. Scott's. And they were having a least costume con- party contest. I got to take all my clothes off in one least costume and worst costume at the same time. <laughs> Dang. And there, wow. is a, there is a famous photo by Marty Benjamin, the famous rock photographer of me standing on stage in front of a thousand people standing like this completely naked. And at one point, Marty called me up and said, oh, you know, I'm doing a show on Lark Street. He says, I got a picture of you. Can I put it up? And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking, you know. I said, <laughs> sure, you know. So we go to the opening and my kids were probably like, Eight, six years old. Oh, and, no. and we're walking around, and I'm walking around, and all these people are like pointing at me and laughing. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, I hear my kids, there's daddy. And there's the big giant picture of me standing completely naked <laughs> with Jesus. a piece of duct tape over my dick. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> and I now have that in my office. He gifted me that. that. Oh my God. So <laughs> I have to ask a question as someone who I've been to, like, I call these things eyes wide shut parties. I went to like one out in Scroon Lake, which is like, by the way, don't go there. It's just a. Dude, it's where it's where Deliverance Three would be filmed. If, but is it better in that moment to be hard or soft? Penis wise? <laughs> what kind <laughs> of question <laughs> is that? Nipples? Uh, right. I think it's a good question. I mean, uh, if it's I'm, cold, I'm assuming soft because if you're hard, you're probably wondering what you're getting excited about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you. 
you know what I'm getting excited about is uh, talking oh about one of your first <laughs> Grateful Dead shows, Greg. Um, one of the things we got to talk about uh, at uh, when we were doing the documentary and uh, was your, your your first experience is going to see the Grateful Dead while you were still in college. Oh, it's high school. High school. Sorry. I mean, I should fucking know this. Uh, but seriously, though, like, I've, being a fan of the band, listening to them somewhat, uh, like, I mean, just because we couldn't get so in-depth with everything like what were like were you uh, chasing a song at that point were you like did you go to the show you're like wow i'm so fucking happy they played this like what like what what like really like other than the culture like musically like is something you're looking for when you're going to see a band that you love as much as you love the grateful dead uh i mean at that point i didn't know a lot about the dead i mean uh what was happening at that time i was probably 17 in the summer before my senior year in high school Stony Brook University, which was about 10 miles away from where I lived, uh, was having all these shows, and they would have a 7 o'clock show and a midnight show. So I saw like 10 years after with MC5. I saw the Allman Brothers open up for Mountain and Allman Brothers' first like uh, Northeast tour. I saw Miles Davis doing the Bitches Brew open up for Santana doing the Abraxas tour. So we were going to Stony Brook for a lot of shows. Okay. And it was around... Halloween and uh, you know we're, I, was going, I was in military school time so we're going home on weekends but I went to school with a lot of people with some money and you know they all had cars and uh, a friend of mine had a van so we were all supposed to stay at a, a friend's house in the Hamptons where you go to the Stony Brook to the show go out to the Hamptons afterwards and then go out for Halloween the next day so you know Working Man's Dead had just come out that fall so you know I knew Uncle John's band and I knew uh, you know, Casey Jones is what they were playing on the radio, but I didn't really know much about the band. I mean, what I the only thing I knew about the band was like early on in teen magazines, you know, you'd have pictures of Porter Beard and the Raiders and the Monkeys and the Dead and be, you know, Date Bob Weir, Pigpen, you know, they were trying to make them, everybody was trying to get into these teen magazines yeah. and push their mouths, which is sort of ridiculous. So I really didn't know a lot about the Grateful Dead, but we were just going to a concert and luckily, that summer I'd worked at a beach working in a concession and one of the guys who was my supervisor was one of the guys in charge of the concert board so we would get like two dollar tickets you know and it was like two dollars in advance three dollars at the door so we just went and what we'd found out is that if you went to the seven o'clock show and you sort of didn't leave you'd stay for the midnight show so I remember we went in we're at the seven o'clock show new riders came on Jerry playing pedal steel the new riders then dead came on and around probably about a quarter to 12 or something, they said, look, you know, we're going to take a little break. There's a lot of people outside want to come in. Why don't just move over and let these people in? But outside, they were rioting because the dead were charging $3 for a ticket. And people were screaming, the dead have sold out. $3 a fucking ticket. Can you believe this? Oh, wow. So they just opened the doors and let everybody in. And for years, I thought that it was like a fake memory until a friend of mine sent me an article from the local newspaper talking about it. And it wasn't really a riot. People were just yelling and screaming, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get in the room. But, but I, the thing I remember the most is the dead went on probably around 8 o'clock, took a little break around midnight, and played till about 3 or 4 in the morning. You know, we were 17, you know. We had never seen anything like that. And when I went to college, a lot of the guys on my wing were deadheads. And, I mean, it just it just snowballed from there, you know. So that was going to be my follow-up question, and uh, I mean, I don't know, like for Dougie and I, like when we started getting into this whole music community that we now love, uh, it was from high school friends, yeah. and like Fish was a huge thing, and like, 
So it must have been nice to feel like, okay, I'm going to see this subculture band and there's already people on my on my hall listening to the music. Yeah. And d correct me if I'm wrong, they were all in sports? I, I was on the basketball wing. Okay, so I was on the soccer wing. But none of the people I listened to, none of the people on my wing liked jam bands. So it was like I like was trying to fit in with the normie crowd. It just didn't work. And then like I found the monopole. So that must have been awesome. Like find the route like yeah, right I mean, where you're the, going the, to school. Not everybody in the wing was dead. But I mean a few were. Like my best friend who I've probably been to my most shows with. He and I pretty much became deadheads together, you know. And uh, a couple other guys in the wing, you know. Back then, everybody had reel-to-reel -reel tapes. You, know, you didn't have cassettes or anything, so you'd listen to Dead on Reels or Reel, you know? And he had a big collection of that, so we listened to that. But uh, there wasn't any subcultures back then. It was all rock and roll. Rock and roll. Like, you went okay. to a show, and literally, you could go see, like, Simon and Garfunkel, The Dead, and Black Sabbath in the same month, and the audience was pretty much the same people. I mean, if you were going to see rock concerts, there was no metal, there was no this, there was no that. Everybody was going to a show, you know? And I think it was healthier that way. You know, now everything, everything's every broken up into little pieces and people, oh, I don't like that kind of music. You don't know if you like that kind of fucking music, so you go to it, you know? Now, on the micro-based side of things, like, you know, you have your, your rock and roll, you know, what's going on at that time. And, you know, like in a time where you helped develop what we have here in Albany as far as a local community, local music, like, I mean, even just as basic as going out to the bars on a weekend, you know? Uh, like, was there any of that? Like, was there like, hey, I'm going to go see some live music at X and Y? Well, I mean, venue. by the time I got out of college, Albany, there were bands playing in almost every bar in Albany. I mean, you could go out and see five or six shows in a night if you just went bar hopping, you know? Like, a lot of places it was free to get in or a buck to get in. It was 18 to drink, so everybody was out. I mean, there was tons of music. And, okay. you know, so like... Early on, when I got out of college, I ended up meeting uh, Greg Hames, Sarge Vallotto. And his, his girlfriend at the time was my supervisor at St. Catharines, and I met him, we became good friends. I started following the Star Spangled Washboard Band, which was their band at the time around. And that's what pretty much got me into the Albany music scene. I mean, because he knew everybody, so I got to meet all the band, up and coming bands. And it was like, in the early, like mid-70s, you know, to late 70s, you know, Punk was just getting going, you know, there's a lot of new music coming out. And I was just, we were hanging out in Lark Street at the Lark Tavern a lot, and that was sort of like the epicenter of the cool people. Not that we were cool, but for some reason we just were able to hang out with them because we were crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, I was, I was always good friends with a lot of bands, and we'd go to see music all the time, you know? But it was nothing, you know, we'd go to SPAC, and so, but I would say most of the shows I went to were local bar band shows, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and uh, kind of uh, just we're jumping all over the map That's here. Right. Um, but yeah, so as far as like today, you know, I, I for the first time, like at least since like now, like doing concert photography since 2016 and like seeing the ebbs and flows of the music community, who comes in, who comes out, just who can hang on and just how life can get to certain bands, you know, like I guess. Like, what are some, who are some bands that right now you're proud of that are, that, you know, are out there trying to make the best of what they got and, and succeed and prevail and, 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 and maybe even break the barriers of just Albany, New York? Like, what are some of the bands that you're happy to see doing their thing now? I mean, locally, unfortunately, 
as I've gotten older, I get out less to see shows that I'm not putting on. Only because, you know, I am 70 years old. You know, I do th two or three shows a week. You know, I used to go out like two or three nights a week and just check out new bands, especially when Valentine's was open because it was easy. It was close to home. I go down and, and I could keep my finger on the pulse a lot better, you know. So unfortunately, a lot of the young up-and-coming bands I don't have as much contact with. I'm not really aware as much of what's going on. And, uh, you know, I want to get back into that, but I just don't have the energy, you know. And I mean, you know, Troy right now is the hot spot. You know, no fun. A couple of the other places are bringing in tons and tons of young bands. And, you know, seems to be working for them. Uh, I don't want to try stepping on toes or anything, trying to get things away from other people. So, of course. I'm just, you know, I want to do the thing. You know, I, I try, you know, like uh, E Block is a new up and coming band I like a lot. You know, the Laura Lee Band. Uh, you know, Hilltop, Glass Pony, you know, Andy in the Water. These are all bands who are on their way, you know. You know, bands like Eggy are starting to make the, make the next step, you know. Yeah. Bands like Goose that I was doing for a long time to know people are huge now, you know. Just, you just never know what's going to happen, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, it is kind of crazy to see. And I will say, like, just, just from... I don't know. I guess maybe more of like the marketing side of things, like seeing certain bands try, like like a Hilltop, like they make it a thing to make their music and and what they're doing active to their fan base that they're trying to build up. Or Laura Lee, just yeah, like taking every chance she has. Band of Els, Laura Lee Band, you know, Rock City Junction. Like it's so cool that I uh, I don't know. Like in a time where Dougie and I, like I mean, if it wasn't for Formula Five, like music wise, like it would be like. We, we, we wouldn't I wouldn't say we wouldn't be doing what we're doing yeah. but like it definitely was like a kick in the ass like hey this is really cool our friends are doing this in Lake George New York we want to be a part of this yeah, yeah it was like the perfect transition from like I mean I feel like my our thing was like fish instead of Grateful Dead so it's like somebody showed us a couple uh, fish songs and then we went to the spat shows and whatnot so that was like the transition from like the big band to like the local scene was Formula yeah. 5 and it just happened like some of the people that we knew were in the band and it was just Right, Perfect. and meeting, like, the opener, you know, like, and that, it was so cool. Like, it was kind of like, I, I never really thought about this, but, like, Formula 5 played their last show ever at, uh, their last, like, whatever, gig, like, bar show yeah. at Putnam Place and with Glass Pony opening, and then it's just, like, almost like the passing of the tour. Yeah. It's like, here we go, you know, and uh, I can't imagine how tough it is to be in a band in 2023 and just put it all on the table you know, live cheap. I mean, yeah, and, it's, you know. it's close to impossible now. I mean, you know, there's just so much music out there. I mean, you know, radio is not as big as it wants. You know, radio could break bands. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. Spin Doctors, uh, EQX broke Spin Doctors. I mean, you know, Spin Doctors, no one really knew who they were, and all of a sudden EQX picked them up, started playing them, and they were selling out. You know, Bogies like their first time in town. You know, but you know, I was I was lucky because I got into this at around a time where there was uh, so many great local bands playing and I you know when I started out I was not booking jam bands per se I was booking a lot of alternative stuff a lot of weird stuff because you know I liked it you know I, I love the jam band I love the dead scene but I mean there was so many other great music so other great music around that I didn't want to get pigeonholed but I, get, I got into it right at the time where you know Mo was coming up and the sea pods were coming up and Conan Buddha and Moon Boot Lover and I just I mean, to be honest, I liked the sh I had a lot more fun at those shows because they were my people. You know, there were people that I went to dead shows with. There were people that I hung out with. 
But I mean, I really like the alternative stuff too. And what happened was, as I started being pushed out of Valentine's at one time when a new owner took over, I just had to go to new places and I had, I didn't have an, as many opportunities to book things. So I started focusing more on the jam band scene. And that's why I sort of got stuck in this thing as I'm the jam band guy, even though I do a lot of other stuff when I can, you know? Right. And now, okay, so let's take that. Okay, so we're, we're talking about local bands, right? Mo, you know, you, you told the story on the documentary on how they came, basically played to nobody and treated like practice, right? Yeah. So, like, seeing that phase to what it did, like, that first, like, maybe it wasn't the Palace show. Maybe it was a smaller show that just was fucking sold out. Like, how, how, how did it feel, like, seeing, like, those guys, like, achieve that? Like, oh, it, it, it always amazed Whenever I go to a Mo show, first, the first thing I realize is how good they are, because I forget how really good they are, you know? Because if I'm running a show, I'm not paying attention as much. But if I go to a show on my own, I'll sit there saying, holy shit, these guys are really fucking good, you know? But, I mean, it, it was amazing. Like, I, when, the first time I went to any big shows with Mo, I'm like, holy shit, I had something to do with this, you know? And I would, I, I would thank them all the time. And they're like, no, Greg, you helped us with this too, you know? Was, you're all part of this, you know? But, I mean, Mo, I, I can tell you the night that Mo went and got big in Albany. Uh, they were already on their way. I'd already had them play live at five, and they were, they were starting to do pretty well. But uh, they went on tour with the Dude of Life as an opening band for like three or four shows after Fish shows. And of course, you know, the rumor is, oh, Trey's going to show up and sit in with the Dude of Life. So the place is packed. And every night, Mo would come on, every city he played, and blow Dude of Life off the stage. And that, I mean, personally, I think that was the time where I saw Mo go from here to here. Now, people, other people can disagree, you know, they may have seen something else, but from my view, that was the show, I'm thinking, okay, these guys are going to be big, you know? Now, last question before we, uh, there's some people in the chat here, um, I just want to know, like, you know, you had this going on at this time in, in the 90s, and at the same time, you know, this, I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but there, this route of, uh, bands playing the jam band circuit is starting to get developed you got places like wetlands i mean was there any coordination with a, a venue like that did you make trips down to wetlands i mean i, I like went down to wetlands for some shows i'd go down there for mo i go down for conid booter sea pods but uh i mean you had the wetlands i think you had the electric uh company or electric factory i can't remember what it was called, in, in electric utica. factory yeah in utica that was doing stuff and Albany and Bogies and, and Valentine's were doing a lot of the jam band stuff. So, I mean, I would say at that point in the jam band scene, Albany was one of the epicenters for the whole jam band scene. Okay. And now uh, we're just going to take a quick little break here and just see who we got here talking. Uh, shout out Dylan McKenzie, six man. Thank you for always hanging, man. Especially, uh, I don't know, six man's the best, he's right? The, he's the man. He's the he best. <clears throat> Always he came, coming through. Yeah, he came to my yard sale the other day, dude. He he man. loves a good garage sale, doesn't he? <laughs> dude, that man, <laughs> dude, go to mine and my fiance's garage yard sale. Love dude, it. He always shows his support. Dude, dragged his parents and his brother with him. It was honestly, I, I felt I so dig bad. It. I felt bad at first. I was like, no, dude. You Why know, did you just not have good stuff to sell? Or no, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> his brother, a one hundred foot Ethernet cable, dude. Like, Fucking that's hey, a that's good just, thing to find. That's a hard thing to find. Why did you hit me up about that? <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time I come across one, man, it's all yours. Five so, bucks. Is what I sold it to him for. 
that's a steal. That, that's, that's a real. I don't need a hundred foot Ethernet cable. I'm like, I need that. I need one of those right well, now. As wise man once said, a garage sale is just missing the letter B somewhere. Okay. And you know, dude, I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm getting married in 19 days. And trust me, if there's anything I've learned, it's that these wedding things are fucking expensive. I can imagine. Um, so save your money, kids. Uh, so yard sales. Next shout out of the, the, the couple of the year uh, of, of the jam band scene, the Canes, Mike and Maria mm-hmm. Kane. What do you got to say about Mike and Maria Kane here? Uh, they're like some of my biggest fans. They come to a lot of my shows. They're great people. I consider them really, really close friends, and I love them, you know? Okay. Shout out to the Canes. Shout out to the Canes. Shout out to the Canes. Uh, leave the candy canes at home, though. I don't like peppermint. Uh, so they make other flavor candy canes. Yeah, do they? They do like a blue ranch. Oh, they like, like a Jolly Rancher. Rancher. Oh, okay. But they're not candy canes. I don't know. There's yeah, just I about agree with that. It's, it's candy, candy canes or peppermint. It's candy it's cane of form shape. of a cane. Okay, they look like candy canes, but they're not candy canes. So we got Daryl Rock. Shout out Mr. Bell. Daryl Rock, we love you, man. OG D-Rock. Um, yeah, cheers. Cheers, everybody here. Cheers to D-Rock. Cheers to D-Rock. All the D-Rocks in the world. Uh, next, we got Laura Lee. Shout out, Laura Lee. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for Mountain Sessions. If you haven't seen her Mountain Sessions episode, go check it out. I've never been to that part of the the uh, the New York State area, Catskills. Yeah. As, and, a, as uh, a Washington County, I will, I will endorse. Laura Lee is probably the next big thing coming out of the county. I think yeah. I listened to her like EP album probably like 50 times in a row. It was really good. That's right. Go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. And uh, yeah, she has a gig coming up, right, Greg? Oh, yeah, she's opening up for uh, Claire Maloney next uh, Thursday at the Hollow. At the Hollow. Don't miss it. Um, and then we also have, uh, we got some more Maria Kane and D-Rock love. We got, we got Billy Francis LaRue, Billy the motherfucking kid. Billy the My kid. favorite person to go shoot uh, fall foliage with. He always has years, a fucking right? How's that been? Because I've been noticing the leaves changing. It's beautiful out there. It's, you know, it's been a rocky month, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say just, just like the aftermath of the festival and just. I don't know. Like, there's certain things I realized. Like, I went out one time to go shoot leaves up in, like, Placid last week. Actually, it was two days before the festival. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to clear my mind. We got so much shit going on. I'm going to go up, drive, do my thing, uh, cruise, maybe uh, some other things uh, that involve cruising. So I was going up. I put my drone up. It was great. But at the same time, it wasn't fully developed up there. And also, like, I feel like I'm at this point in my life where, like, there's certain things I felt I've just done. I've overdone it, and I would like to try new things. And I just kind of felt like I was doing the same thing, you know? I get that. And and I love the Adirondacks. Lake George, and for me, for you, for, I mean, fucking, Fort Ann's close. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's beautiful up there around this time of year. And, uh, but, you know, it's just at the same time, it's just like... I don't know. Like don't after doing this for like for a few for for some time now, like I, I kind of want to like get some more inspiration in some other ways, and like getting back into skateboarding and and doing what we're doing, Doug. Like that's been such a blast, and it me it like where twenty twenty two New Year's resolution was get back to my roots. We achieved that. Like, but just just now it's I don't know. Really like, get back. Into I get the a roots. high from it. Like when I first started shooting music, and like that's what I'm chasing right now, and. Uh, so music, skateboarding, leaves, we'll save for next year. Because <laughs> we're only doing, <laughs> we, are doing we are doing Wild in the Trees next year, which is uh, something that I can at least share. Yep. It's yeah. happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. We're, we're trimming it down a day. We're trimming We're cutting tri- some trees. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're doing some yard work. <laughs> so, 
look forward to for that. that. Yeah, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, and back to the comments here because I don't even know what I was just talking about. We got a shout out from Cassidy. I love Greg Bell too, Which, and then yeah, also dude, we, we got to show off the shirt. the shirt. Yeah, Dougie. Cassidy that's, made that's a fresh shirt. It's, it's a very nice shirt. As they put up the Brett, Brett Porter lower third. Um, <laughs> number five, Frankie. We got a we got a Gabrielle uh, Cardona. Um, thank you for joining in the chat. And uh, like Card we're gonna add an S to that Cardona's. If you want a good chicken sandwich, uh, <laughs> fuck. I, I wish I knew the, knew the name of it. Uh, but it was, I, I probably had the chicken sandwich four or five days a week when I was living on Chestnut Street. It was so good. If you want to even just like pre-prep make a you know uh, a, a dinner uh you can go and get you know chicken cutlets you can go and get eggplant patties already fried like hey chicken dinner, meatballs chicken meatballs great sauce mm. if you don't know how to make your own sauce go to cardona's because i'll tell you that ragu shit won't won't quit which <laughs> i do have a fucking rant i do have a rant give it to us and usually we'll and in, in in future episodes i think i'll set up another camera for rant cam so we can do it the proper way from the kind of live kind of living days way. um if you think that... I think you got to go to your cam. You got to go personal on this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. If you if you think that uh, Buca de Peppa is good, then you got to get with the program, man. Thank you. Because their sauce sucks. <laughs> I will say. Great for hosting big family parties. Wait, what, what place is this? Buca de Peppa. That's a chain. Buca de Peppa. It's a chain, yeah. I mean, I, like, I was sitting here eating this chicken yeah, parm thinking to myself... Peppa. Yeah, don't you don't it's need to really matter. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> so, once in Vegas, I was hammered. But was so hammered. this is my thing with Buga de Peppa is... Well, he's not saying it right either. No, is, is basically that they're... Uh, they don't deserve that. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pronouncing the last name. Buckle. Gives a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, uh, what I didn't like about it was it was like the sweetest sauce. I don't think any right Italian would ever make their sauce as sweet as they do. Like, I could have mistaken it as, hey, I'm sitting in the line in high school. I want a chicken patty on the bun. You know what? Why don't you sprinkle on some mozzarella cheese on that, too? It was garbage. It was trash. <laughs> don't go there. Save your money. Go to Cardona's. Get the pre-fried stuff. And uh, fry that right <laughs> in the pan, and <laughs> it just won't be as bad as what I have. Or you can actually make your own, you know. <laughs> you can just you make, your own. I make my own sauce. It's cheaper. Uh, and, uh, but Way cheaper I, than I, going there. I was just really taken back. I was like, I, I really had, like, I sat or in an silence. Italian, like, like Francois Cabone, I was sitting there, should, like, that's disrespect. I was cutting in this rubbery chicken. I was like, shit. Olive Garden might be better. Have you try my sauce? I would love to try your sauce, which is something that I would love to talk about right now. Which uh, I do have to just keep on going with these chats. We got Amy Modesti in the chat, one of the most dedicated uh, press people in the in the area, uh, waving the flag for uh, Spot Five One Eight, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Billy Larue. That's where we started talking about uh, the leaves. Love them. Um, huge Goose fan. Uh, then we got Marcy Dunnigan, uh, Cardona's best subs in town. Okay, we got some people agreeing here. And then Amy Mendesti, the fall foliage is beautiful in the Adirondacks. Glad that Wild in the Trees is returning. Great interview, Greg. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> uh, and then. Hey, uh, mentioned me once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's. I, I heard your cooking's pretty on point, Greg. So what. It, all right, you want to make a meal to impress. What is your go-to meal? Like, hey, I, mean, I, I will die on this hill my, with this meal. The, my meals are all comfort foods. I mean, that's my okay. thing. Beef stew, short ribs, uh, meatloaf, Ooh. spaghetti, uh, the usual. You know. Marilyn makes the mac and cheese. I don't make, make mac and cheese. But you'll have to come to the Martin Luther King party. I make about 
10 different entrees. I feed probably about 150 people that night and uh, you get to taste a little bit of everything. Okay. So, you know, that is returning, the Martin Luther King yes, party. Yes, it's coming back finally after, uh, well, we had a, a couple, one year we couldn't do it because of COVID. Last year I couldn't do it because I had femoral artery surgery the week before and Marilyn told me I couldn't do it. So. Okay. <laughs> well, well, good reasons. Uh, now, you know, just with things returning, we might as well just set the record straight here right now. Starts with a B. I can't remember. Something stock. Uh, Bellstock? Bellstock, that's Ooh. right. There, there, there is a rumor that Bellstock will be back one more time. So. One more time. One more time. Now, we. That's a skater's <laughs> last try right there. <laughs> so I can. I, can I, I, I do not have that much experience. Zero compared to what you do. But, like, I will say, I, I, I was dead set in going into Wild in the Trees and never doing it again. What is it? What's that one more time thing? Like, what makes you want to do it? Like, people, people bitching at me for not doing it again. Basically, the first last bell stock was bell stock five. Now we're up, to, the next one will be bell stock 24. Because what would happen is by Sunday, you know, every year for years and years, I'd have bands on Sunday. And every year I'd get up on Sunday saying, why the fuck do I have bands on Sunday? Just leave, everybody just leave, you know? So now we, start, we don't have bands on Sunday anymore. But, you, but, you, but usually by that Sunday, I'm done. Because it's very stressful. I mean, you have to worry constantly about the weather, the town board, you know, somebody getting too fucked up and getting hurt. I mean, there's just so many things to look at, you know. So I'm usually, like, I'm the one, one last bell, like a couple ones ago, it was like 100 degrees, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm sweating, I'm tired, and I just was not having fun, you know. And a lot of my friends weren't able to come that year. And I'm like, now why am I doing this? So I was not going to do it again. But what will happen is I'll go up to the East Jewett. And sometimes I go up on my own on a, like a nice spring or fall day. Just sit out in the field, smoke bones, drink bud. Maybe take some uh, other things that help me along. And uh, I'm sitting there looking at the field thinking, oh, you know. It would look really good with a bunch of tents and people in it. <laughs> As I, the more fucked up I get, I start posting pictures of the field. And once I post the first picture, it's, it's done. done. <laughs> now, when you approach something like that compared to Throwdown, like, it, do you feel like there's more leeway? Are there certain things that you want to achieve versus a Throwdown where you're helping another entity? I mean, the main thing I try with Bellstock is to keep people away. We don't want a lot of people. You know, we want to keep it small, you know, family oriented. So what's your ideal number? Uh, officially, 200. <laughs> Safe number. But, really good number. I mean, you know, sometimes we get more than that. Sometimes we get, no, I mean, we always get more than that usually. But uh, I mean, the, the town and I have had a long and stressful relationship because there are certain people who don't like What's going on? Mm. Even though after 23 bell socks, we've never had an arrest, we've never had an injury, we've never had an ambulance call, we've never had anything go wrong at all, you know, and we let the locals in for free and uh, no issues at all. But for some reason, there's always a couple people who complain about the music. So, well, you know, it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, I used to do, I mean, bell stock two, we had 35 bands on it. Bell stock three, we had like 35 bands. And now we're down to about 20, and probably this year we'll go down to about 15, just so bands play maybe two sets instead of one. Uh, nothing on Thursday nights anymore, nothing on Sundays, just compressing it a little bit. 
Because, I mean, the reason we've had no issues is because everybody knows somebody. They're either friends of mine or friends of the band or people I see at my shows all the time. And, you know, if somebody's wasted and needs help, they have friends to take care of them. You know, we don't have to deal with, say, hey, go take care of your friend, put them in a tent for a while, chill them out, you know. So we have no issues, you know. And the throwdown is very similar. I mean, the throwdown, luckily for me, a lot of the Eastbound Jesus guys take on a lot of the work. So I don't have to do as much for that. But, I mean, both shows, I mean, this year I think we had one meeting for the throwdown. I mean, we had one meeting, then you start emailing people and calling people. We have people in place, you know, we have the port johns we have the lights, we have the sound, everything, everything's already in place. All you gotta do is call somebody and say, okay, this is the date. And the same with Bellstock is, I mean, there isn't as much work putting it together. Most of the work is just being there, waiting for something to go wrong. I mean, that's, that's the biggest stress about festivals, you know. So would you say that the first one's the most important one with establishing like, hey, all I got to do is call. And, and this is something we experience. Like, it's like calling Rob for the stage. Like, yo, like we already yeah, been through this before. Like, yeah. is that what it is? Like establishing it first and then well, I mean, it, it's, been, it's been established over the years. I mean, you know, the first few, it was not as organized. And like, you know, the second bell stock on Friday night, I had Conan Buddha, Amish Seapods, and Moe. And Mo was just starting to take off, and we had a lot more people show up than we planned. We didn't have enough security. People were just coming in through the woods. I mean, that year, there probably was about 1,000 people there. I had a beer truck with 50 kegs in it, because that was part of your ticket price. But I guess somebody found out that I didn't have a liquor license, so the uh, distributor was not going to sell me the beer. So I got this little store that was in East Jewett that's you know, probably twice the size of this room ordered the 50 kegs, and I, they wouldn't give me a beer truck, so I rented a U-Haul, picked, picked up the U-Haul here, got 10,000 pounds of ice in the U-Haul, drove down, loaded all the kegs into the truck, put them in a the garage, covered with straw and ice, and just kept bringing them out all weekend, you know? Nice. And uh, that was a crazy one. I mean, the cops came three times, and the third time they came, they said, Mr. Bell, if we come back again, you're going with us. So Mo was on. I went up to Al. I said, hey, you got to play like a couple more songs and get off the stage. You're going to arrest me if you keep playing. And Al says, could everybody wave goodbye to Greg? We're gonna be, he's going to be leaving. <laughs> and they played for a while more. But luckily, I did not get arrested. That's good. But that, that was a straight. And so after that, you know, I, I had to get a permit for a couple times. And since, the, since about Bell stuck five, I, I stopped getting the permit, and I just keep the numbers low, and just keep it nice and chill. And I stopped thinking that it was a money-making thing. I just did it as a party, you know, so. Get your friends together. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of friends, family, I mean, we got Frank Bell in the house. Shout out from your brother, Frank. Okay. D I didn't know you had a brother, Frank. I have many brothers. I'm the oldest of 10, so. Well, wow. you got a Frank. That's yeah, all that matters. Frank's down in Florida. Uh, so, Greg, uh, first, before I ask any questions, you guys have any questions for Greg Bell? Yeah, actually, I got one that has nothing to do with anything we've talked about. <laughs> You've been married for a while. And uh, I, I like to, 30, and I, 36 years. And I do like to ask a lot of uh, people I know in my strange circle that have hit those milestone years. I'm 19 days away from basically like the biggest life change I've gone through so far. Um, any advice, man? Like something? Right. <laughs> Anything, please? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I got lucky. I just You, you got to pick the right person to be with. You know? I mean... Marilyn pretty much lets me do what I want to do. She can do what she wants to do. Sometimes we do stuff together. Sometimes we don't. Uh, 
She's very laid back. She's probably one of the most popular people in the music scene in Albany. She's Way more popular than me. She's a fucking hoot. And, uh, you know, she's an amazing artist. She does all my posters and stuff. Uh, she's very supportive. And, you know, she loves music. You know, I, I met her at a bar, you know what I mean? I mean, you just, you know, I got lucky. You know, not everybody's as lucky as I am. I mean, a lot of my friends would say, how are you able to do this? How are you able to get out of the house? I'm like, I usually say, well, Marilyn, I'm going out. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as the, since the kids have grown, so I mean, she's not, you know, she works from home. You know, she comes to most of my shows now, so. That's cool. Awesome. And now, just along with that, like, work-life balance. Like, that's something that is, people always want to achieve, but just <laughs> ain't possible. Have you ever reached, like, even close to that? Like, hey, I'm going to... Like I mean, I'm I I don't have a family, so I don't I don't know what it's like having other priorities. But like like making time for family. I mean, you bas like, you basically just give up sleep and rest. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, like when yeah, you know, when I first started out for the first 10, 15 years, you know, I was teaching, I was doing shows, I was coaching soccer, I was going to soccer games, I was going to my kids' band things at school, I was going to parent teacher things. I did we did it. I just there was nothing that. I didn't go to because of music. I mean, I can remember telling somebody uh, how Steve Ford was at Savannah. Say, hey, I got to leave for two hours. I got my kids playing in a concert tonight. You know, I would just tell bands, "Okay, I'll be back in a little while. Don't worry, but I got to go to my kids' thing." You know, and you know, you have to have priorities and you know, making sure that your family is taken care of and making sure that your kids are seeing that you support them is very important. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And now we have some people saying here. Uh, let me just read this back yeah, just so I don't read it wrong. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Bell is an amazing yeah. woman, and then and she can definitely say that Marilyn. Yeah, and then <laughs> and uh, D Rock says that uh, she can definitely drink Greg under the table. Is that true? Marilyn is usually the last one up. I mean, okay. There's been many at night. Okay, <laughs> most people if they came home at two or three in the morning, shit faced, their wives would be bitching at them. My wife is up watching TV, drinking wine, and would sit up until like five in the morning drinking. And I'm like, Marilyn, if you were in normal life, I would probably add 10 years to my life. Why can't you just be like normal? Bitch at me, make me go to bed, you know? And, you know, Bell Stock, she's always the last one up. Throwdown, she's always the last one up. She's an animal. She is, and I, it took me long to realize. I, you know, like uh, Catskill Mountain Jubilee, I was definitely like, man, I don't know if I can hang with the Bells tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang with her sometimes. I can't go to bed. <laughs> There's many nights I'll go to bed and she's still up. <laughs> well, that's good, though. Like, it, you need that little kick, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess uh, just some other questions. Like, going forward, I mean, you know, Guthrie Bell Productions, 30 years in the tank, 31 going 31. on. 31. Yeah, we're done. Um, Finished up. Well, 31 will be... I'm in the middle of 31. Right middle now. of 31. I mean... I guess what what are some things that maybe you still would like to achieve, or or, and maybe that isn't on the Guthrie Bell production. Maybe that's just a personal life thing, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I keep threatening to retire, and I keep thinking about retiring, and I keep planning. Okay, well, this is the date I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to retire, and then I get an email. Oh, so and so is coming through at this point. I'm looking at the calendar, saying, "Well, I want to be retired by then." Well. I can't turn this show down. Right. <laughs> and I can't turn this show down. I said, well, okay, I'll retire the next year. Yeah. So the music's just got to get way shittier. No, I mean, I, I basically, <laughs> I, I have to find somebody 
that I can pass it on to. Yeah, if only I could think of someone who's like, I don't know, maybe I don't know, sneaking beers into shows. Beers and I don't want that life, Frank. See, the, the problem is, <coughs> <coughs> un, oh, unlike, sorry, unlike most promoters, for most of the, for 19 years that I was promoting shows, I was a teacher, so I had a good salary, I had good benefits, you know, I had summers off and vacations, so. I never had to worry about living on what I made from promoting. Mm. And now you know, I have retirement, Social Security, so I don't have to live on what, you know, if I had to live on what I promote, I'd be dead. I would have been dead 20 years ago. I mean, I don't make a lot of money. I mean, a lot of my money goes back into the community, the bands get paid, the bars get paid, hotel. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of money coming in that I don't see, but it doesn't really matter to me because I'm not, I don't give a shit, you know. I don't have to not pay my bills because of it. I don't have to worry about anybody in my family. You're not living off your passion. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, it would be nice. It would be nice to say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I make enough money to cover my bills, but I don't. And I don't really care, you know, because if I had to do that, it would be even worse for me, you know. Mm. I, I don't think I could handle that kind of pressure to know that my mortgage is coming due or something and I lost my show and I can't pay my mortgage. I don't, you know. And also, you know, there's been times where I've had shows, there's been two or three shows where we've, I've lost like 30 grand, you know. And I've just taken out loans to pay it off, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't ask anybody for anything. I do it on my own, and I make sure that everybody gets paid no matter what. And if, I, and if I get paid, it's a, it's a plus. I mean, if I could do every show and break even, I'd be a happy man. That's all you need. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, just, a, just a general question. There's been a few of them for me so far at this point. Uh, but realistically like the greatest band that never was that's that's like something i've always wanted to like flirt with the idea of making the documentary on is like just seeing this great ass band you're like wow and like you've brought it up in the documentary like oh, how is there's you know, tons of them i mean tons yeah. of them but like for me the greatest bands i've that never were two of them i can name off the top of my head while i'm thinking about it backup planet and uh rack and uh and it just, uh, you know, it just like it's a shocker. And uh, so for you, like, has there what, 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 what bands? If like, and you, you know, it's I know it's a lot to think about, but like, what ha bands have you just been like, damn, this, this band has? Uh, I mean, Moonboot Lover is the one I always go to because Peter Prince was just such an amazing talent, and the band was amazing, and. I mean, personally, I think it was due to some poor management and some poor personal choices, and he just never got to where he should have been. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's the one who pretty much got my career going in Albany, where it was, I think I've told this story before, but there was one night we were first doing shows at Valentine's. It was getting a hard time to get people to come to Valentine's, so no one knew about it. You know, it was sort of a dumpy room, and downstairs Valentine's would be packed with kids from Del Mar and Siena and stuff but they wouldn't pay five bucks to get upstairs, you know? So one night Moonroot and Dr. Ja were playing, and there was maybe 30, 40 people there. And I'd already, you know, the money was gone. I mean, I was gonna lose money no matter what. And I just went downstairs and said, hey, it's a free show. And the whole place came upstairs, Moonroot blew them off. I mean, blew them up. I mean, the people were going nuts over it. And from then on, I'd have Moonroot come in, and the place would be packed, and I'd get the sea pods, and then I'd get, Yoke and Conehead Buddha and everybody's packing the show, place, you know. And it was all that one show. If I had said, okay, I'm not going to let people in for free ever, you know. I you know, the the other night for a show, I had I had I didn't have a good turnout. I just started letting people in for free because 
The worst thing about a show not doing well is not the loss of money. The worst thing is sitting there feeling bad for the band, feeling bad for the bartenders, feeling bad for the people who are there because there's no energy at all. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, the money is the least of my worries. I want people to see the bands. I don't put anybody on that is not worthwhile seeing. I mean, the same with, like, openers, you know. A lot of people don't like to go see openers. I mean, I never put on an opener that doesn't deserve to be a headliner at some point. Right. Okay. Yeah, you know, Moon Boo is one. Uh, Hamelon Trial, one of my favorite performers in the world. He's one of the most talented guys I know. He's very political. He's crazy. He plays acoustic guitar like, un any, like unlike anybody else you've ever seen. He writes great tunes. He's funny. And he just has not taken off. I mean, he was on Ani DeFranco's label for a while. You know, he plays the sold-out shows in Europe. There's places he does really well. But around here, he's just never gotten the numbers, you know. And, and you know, some people like that. I mean, I, I see bands all the time where, you know, they're unbelievable, and then they just sort of die out. You know, it's a hard life, you know. You don't want to be on the road eating pizza, sleeping on floors. You know, people start getting married, having kids. You know, they got to start thinking about what they're going to do with their lives if things are not going, you know? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, what about you guys? Have, have there been any local bands that you're just like, hey, I was like... I mean, the one and only Formula 5. Formula 5. <laughs> which, I'm just going to give them a shout-out quick. Formula 5, they've been rehearsing, practicing. Um, maybe we'll make a trip up to the practice studio. That's for you guys to find out. But <laughs> Black Friday, Putnam Place, like old times, baby. It's, it's going to be a party. And... Their last Black Friday party was at the Palace Theater, opening up for the Disco Biscuits. Was that, that was an amazing show. Was that your show? That was no? not my show. Okay. I have to say, like, you seen the jump from the hollow to that. That was like, oh, my God. It's like in the bag. And, yeah, you know, and, 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 and I, you know, at that time, I was very naive. Like, I was like, I, I actually shed a tear for this fucking band. Like, I remember <laughs> when my buddy told, uh, one of our buddies told us, like, at our apartment. I was heartbroken. I was like, you're kidding me. Like, no way. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Let me hear that That's again. Fake news. <laughs> yeah, it was fake news. <laughs> like, and uh, but so cool just to honor the, the the fan base that was built around the Formula Five and uh, just seeing those guys play together. Matt Richards, Greg Merrick, um, Scott Hannay. Scott Hannay was never in the band. Well, uh, I'm thinking of the other one. Joe Davis, one of the best guitarists <laughs> oh in all of the God. scene, who's still waving the flag with Neon Avenue and shout out to those guys because they're doing great stuff as well. And, um, but, you know, I think it's time for a yo. It's time for a yo. But in reality, uh, I just want to plug a couple more things here. We got a Mountain Sessions coming out with Christian Montgomery. That's coming out on Wednesday, tomorrow, Tuesday, October 17th. We have uh, the Radio Radio X Studio Tour. We're bringing back people and places. We're in this uh, phase right now in Mirth Films where we're getting back into the content creation side of things. We're getting the band back together, really. Um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice to get back into the flow of what we were doing prior to the music festival. And, and I'm really excited to just kind of tell some stories again. you know. And thank you, Greg, from the bottom of my heart for allowing the idea of the documentary. And I was too nervous to ask you, so that's why I asked him. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I still think we need part two myself. We do, but. you know, and that's where you Get know the uh, a potential a potential podcast has been brought up. Part two, but, uh, whatever it is, there's so much more stories to tell in an hour and a half. It's just not possible to tell all the stories, especially with a 30 year legacy. So not even close. Thank you for 
all you do because man like that that really like you bring up retirement i don't know if you can do that i don't know if i'll let you do that because then it's like where am i going what am i doing somebody will put on it if i stop doing shows somebody will take it over you know what i mean it's not it's not like music's gonna go away you know no it isn't but you know well, but you're special, man. We love I you. Mean, yeah. yeah, no, and we I love mean, really, you. Thank you, you so much. You really like, do embody that one line from the Beastie Boys because you can't. You won't. And you don't stop. No, right. and like, yeah, to be able to just like, we I'm like knowing how frustrating, <laughs> like very, very little of how frustrating it is to plan for the future as far as like an event that's a year out or have an event that's a year out plus 17 other ones. Like, I, there's only certain people built for that. And Greg, you're built for that, man. Yeah. And Thank you. I mean, the building's falling apart. <laughs> we'll buy more parts. <laughs> so this is our favorite part of the section. Uh, what we've been watching, listening, playing, Greg. Uh, well, actually, one thing. One thing I want to ask you, and this is going to be completely random. Did you ever watch wrestling back in the day? Uh, in my younger days. Well, who's one of your favorite wrestlers? Well, I was watching, you know, back when like Andre the Giant like and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, way back in the you know, when I was a kid, you know. Okay. But I mean. I have not watched it in years and years. Although a friend of mine from college's daughter married a guy who's in wrestling, and uh, he just—I think he got good taste. He's got a big promotion. He's doing like he's doing some uh, management stuff, and he's doing uh, some of the live stuff. And I think he still wrestles sometimes. He owns a couple of wrestling schools in Long Island. So oh, that's cool. Uh, no speaking way. of that, uh, just bringing out old friends and all that jazz, uh, we got a Sherry Bell. Shout out from your brother, John and Sherry. Yeah. Love you, Greg, and Marilyn, too. And then I'm going to see all of them in November at a wedding in Florida. So Okay. Where's your sunscreen? Um, the one, uh, Emily Larkin, uh, the one and only Greg Bell, legend. Uh, Marcy Dunnigan, keep it up, Greg. Or keep keeping on, Greg. Sorry, I can't read. Uh, if she is, I hope she's time for you. And just, just now, we got one from uh, Steve Mink. Steve Mink. Shout out to the, the legendary SM Mink. And, and props to Steve for going and starting his own Minimal Mondays under the bridge, just like the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Off Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic. Um, I don't even know why I know that. Um, I think it's Blood, <laughs> all blood <laughs> References. Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic, whatever it is. You it's know a great that album. <laughs> I know you love it. The one it. that's not Stadium Arcadium. Yes. Now, uh, but yes, to get into what we've been uh, watching, listening, playing. Greg, have you been consuming any TV, Netflix? Uh, what, what bands do you listen to music separate from going to shows? That's what uh, I always wondered. I have to admit, I I only I only listen to music usually in the car, and you know I use you know like. Uh, you know, the streaming stuff, you know, so if I mix it out, you know, I listen to Dead Out, you know, the Dead Station, uh, Little Stevens Underground, uh, Outlaw Country. I, I, I mix it up a lot. I don't, at home, I don't listen to as much music because I'm listening to music all the time, you know. I do watch TV, but we're at that point where we start streaming something, we just watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, and then I have no idea what the fuck I watched the week before. You know? <laughs> right Reservation here. Dogs. I just finished Great Reservation Dogs. series, man. Reservation Dogs, I would recommend to anybody. You just got to get past the first or, first or second, first or second yeah. episode. Because the first episode, I'm watching it, and I'm saying, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can. This I is, is going to be awfully like dark. Relates, I don't think yeah. I can do this, you know. And by the third one, we couldn't stop watching it. I started, I've been watching The Bear a little bit, but... Uh, that one's that one's just it's just too much yelling and screaming and stress. You know, just I need to watch things that are 
more relaxing, you know? Chill, yeah. I feel that. Now, yeah, Murder's in the Building, I watch. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, have you seen that? No, the, I've never seen that. Never seen I've heard about it, but I haven't it's seen a, it. It's about modern-day vampires living in Staten Island, and it is fucking hysterical. It's one of the funniest shows on TV. Check it out. It's, it's really good. Okay. We got some murder mysteries to yeah, watch. I'm about to go home and Honestly, watch that it's right a great now. way to go to sleep Dude. for me. I I, I, I fall asleep. Uh, well, you fall asleep with nothing going and you're, you're like pitch black, no sound. I'm still terrified. If I had I to watch over. TV, though, when I'm going to sleep, it would be forensic files. Okay, and I, 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 some I, about it. I don't know. It's like, oh, It just man. lulls you to sleep. I That's sleep a great show. Good I, I do need to mention Eastbound Jesus here because I have not mentioned him yet, but those guys. Are an amazing band. I mean, every time I see them, they get better and better. You know, they put an amazing festival on for the Eastbound Throwdown. You know, I think the Eastbound Throwdown this year we had no real headliners, and we still pretty much sold the place out. You know, so you can you can put on a festival for people who just want to see music and hang out with their friends and still be successful. You know, you don't have to get major headliners and paying out all this money to get people to come. Yeah, because yeah. If you put on the right festival, they come no matter what. I mean, just to have a crowd of people singing your songs, like word for word, and yeah, and having that no, that noble side of things, like hey, I don't want to be this big thing. I yeah. want to just be a farmer. And, and, and every band Gosh. they bring is amazing. <laughs> that's you know what, what they so. do. I'm just saying, you know, like I that, mean, like kids dream of being rock stars. They, they yeah, those guys don't dream that way. I mean, I wish they had because I'd be rich right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout but, out Eastbound uh, Jesus. And uh, we have officially six sets edited from this year's Eastbound Throwdown. So expect that on uh, the Carl Anderson YouTube channel because that's where all the Eastbound stuff lives. The Shout, out, shout out to Carl Anderson. So I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I'm only uh, their manager. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Fresh? What have you um, been uh, consuming? We've been putting I your mean, ears, so your eyes, watching, and your sticks. I just watched the new haunted mansion last night the disney one with uh, Lakeith stanfield and all that um it was all right it was all right i don't know if they're trying to bite on like the other one too much or not it, it it was funny one watch through is all that you need for that um other than that i've been actually getting into american horror story i've been watching a few different seasons of that like 1984 was the one coven apocalypse I, I don't know. I've never really been into scary stuff because, like, if I watch something scary, then I cannot sleep that night. But I found <laughs> out it's a lot more suspenseful than scary and gory. So I'm and that's what it's all that. about. You know, suspense is where it's all about. I can yeah. I, I can handle suspense. Maybe you know, like now that I think about it, I can handle like a lot of like scary shit. So maybe I'm just you got the tolerance to build up. Maybe it's I, like having I, a it's like having a blue moon, right? No, <laughs> the first one's delicious, and the second one's again? even better. Uh, American Horror Story. No, no, the beer. Oh, Blue Moon. The yeah. one that's, uh, it has the moon that's slightly blue tinted. Blue Moon. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bretsky? Uh, Wayne Bretsky. Oh, uh, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, so my native friend, Kyle. So Kyle is a full-blown Mohawk from uh, the Aquasastain Reservation. He told me to watch Reservation Dogs because I found out I'm like the teeniest, tiniest cut hair of uh, Blackfoot. He's like, dude, you'll relate to this. I'm like, no, but a great series, and I love it. No, it is really good. It is, uh, dude. Some tearjerker moments in there, man. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. But it's been a while. And since you know, character it. development. I mean, it was there, yes, it was sort of like Shit's okay. Creek. I mean, it took me a while to get into that, and it yeah. went kind of. It went from here to here yeah. over the years. You know, yeah. so I don't want to quite say Reservation Dogs to me was a slow burn, 
But the first two, yeah. Once you get out of like the second half of season two, it really just it hits its stride. Yeah, no, it was great. It was but, great. But as of late, because I only watch TV now, basically in like that gap of time between having dinner with my fiance and going to work. Golden Girls. We are we are hell bent on finishing that fucking yeah. series. Yes, we're, no, we're Golden Girls. Are, they're, they're pretty funny. We are on the we are on the tail end of season four right now. Uh, Stanley just uh, got remarried to someone, and Dorothy was very upset about it. And then she was Stanley. Stanley. Uh, no, From Marvel. So, no, no, no. So Stanley. No, different Stanley. Uh, different Dorothy, Stanley. So B. Ar- B- Beatrice Arthur plays uh, a Dorothy Subornak in the series. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So believe it or not, fun, one thing I learned actually, Estelle Getty, the mother, Sophia Petrillo, was actually the youngest of the Golden Girls. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. But yeah. So Golden Girls were still on that grind. In terms of music, uh, been getting in Tower po- Tower of Power again. Okay. I my cousin Davey bought me a ticket to Jazz Fest forever ago, and I was like, dude, these brothers have been playing since 1968, like, and they're not dead. No. Like thoroughly impressive. There's not a lot of them still in the band. No, I mean, no, no. But some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to see no. Quiet Riot at Live of Fire. Dude, it's going. Know? It's like going none to of see them. What band? Is <laughs> Quiet Riot sold out Cohoes the other night. Yeah. Did they really? I mean, I didn't go to it, but. I mean, you know, I great song by things. by Quiet Riot. Not to but, overstep. But which one? Come on, feel the noise or bang your head. The zoo. <laughs> you know Listen. a third song. I do. <laughs> I fucking do. But hell yeah, it's a great song. In terms of, but yeah, in terms of listening, yeah, Tower of Power. Uh, Tribe Called Quest because I'm always a sucker for old school hip hop. Yes. And then uh, playing. I actually, over the last like 48 hours, so you obviously know Karate Kid like we all do. We're not in that. Never yeah. seen it. Okay, well, it's this guy Ralph Macchio. Of course. <laughs> like George Yeah, <laughs> I know. Ralph Macchio, who owned property in Fort Ann, New York, was actually our neighbor for a while. Really? Well, he owned property. He didn't like fucking live there. Do you teach Fort him Techniques. Dude, yeah, no, he. I, I, accidentally grabbed his, <laughs> I accidentally grabbed his. I accidentally grabbed his mail once, and he hit me with like a throat chop. It was it was pretty crazy. Understand? It's a good way to wake up. I mean, and then he was like trying to wake me up with that drum thing. No, no, maybe we're not the generation for that. But I see a drum burn a So drum, anyway, kids. so where I'm getting with this is the game I've been playing is a is an obvious rip off of off of Karate Kid. It's called Dan the Man. Okay. It's a mobile game, but you basically are trying to like prevent like robot overlords from taking over a simple village. Honestly, gotta say, great time killer, very fun. And I endorse a lot of mobile games because there's no there's no emotional investment in it. It's it is a time killer. As you have seventeen minutes before you have to do something and you can play it and it's fun. Okay. And that that's been taking up a lot of my life and it's a fantastic game. <clears throat> Wonderful. That, that and Brawl Stars, a game by Supercell from the creators of Clash of Clans. I'm now like top one thousand in the world in Brawl Stars. It's not well, something. I guess that's something to brag about. I guess. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It shows about. you how much how many, the random pockets of free time I have. If I'm not making cocktails for someone, like I, I bartended last night, I had an hour and ten minutes uninterrupted to fucking just to play on my phone. And the only thing, and the only interruption I had was a woman who was like very obviously a schizophrenic, was telling me that she couldn't leave the bar. Because there was people outside of Glens Falls, which Glens Falls has had this a problem of seventeen year old like like juveniles like just fucking shit up, beat up an old man, beat up a, a random person on a bicycle, but then she tells me, oh, they're eating people outside. Might be the meth. Might be the meth. <laughs> but that's me. What about you, Frank? So, uh, man, you know, as I as I, uh, okay, so uh, I'll get into this. Mac Miller, mm-hmm. number one. 
Mac Miller was something that our, our buddy introduced us to in like 2011 and fell in love with. So I've been listening to the classics. Uh, Best Day Ever, High Life, Kids, all great albums. Uh, rest in Peace, Mac Miller, Sixburg, Sixburg. Yeah, more recent Sixburg. albums. I should, I, you know, I've been, I've been more open to what I've been listening to. I've Dude, been like listening swimming to in circles. You would like both of those. I'm yeah. sure, man. I mean, I'm listening to Harry Styles now, so I'll, I'll, opportunities. <laughs> to have this one, man. Um, but other, what, 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 you know, what got? I had some fucking like weird thing this week. I was just like, I, usually I don't get edgy when I'm not doing anything, but like if I don't have anything to do, I'm just like, what do I do with my hands? And it, as simple as I can put it, but like. At work, sometimes, like when I'm doing what I do, I, I don't want to get too in depth with it, just just for reasons. But like, um, I was just so bored out of my mind. I was like, I left with like this weird like feeling. So I was like, you know what will cheer me up? Fucking wrestling anthems. So I was just listening, <laughs> but like, and I realized like, wow, Rick Derringer, he did Hulk Hogan's song, uh, "Real American," yeah. which I can lose the intro, and that's a great song. I'd probably even try to p- perform it at an open mic one day. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Play. I always thought that song was so corny as a kid. Well, it was like, dude, you this guy is so in touch with himself. Well, and now I'm just like, this song is well, a fucking you banger. You understand <laughs> why that yourself. song works. Is that Shawn Michaels, the character Shawn Michaels, you know what he is, right? He's a, He's a sexy kid. boy. He's a male stripper. He's a male stripper. That is, that, is his... No! That's his moniker. Way. The heartbreak kid. The what sexy do you boy. Mean? What the fuck did you think he was? Calling your mom <laughs> for coffee? Like, <laughs> apparently. Apparently that's what I thought. I didn't... Oh. He's a male stripper. That was his personality. Wow. That so makes a lot of sense. Work job to have. Yeah, no, no, it's all clicking now. It's all clicking now. <laughs> you just ruined my job. I never I know, liked right? him at all, anyways. But then I like watched I his see biography. What the real sweet shit music is, man. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> uh, great. Another band that almost sounds like Neil Young, and they're they're called Ohia, O H I A. Uh, they have some great, just like songwriting tunes that are just I don't know. Farewell transmission. Amazing song. I've I've listened to that like on repeat. That's like one of those songs I can like wake up to every single day. Definitely go and check them out. Um, and I found them out through uh, Thrasher Magazine's "Prevent This Tragedy." Great skateboarding movie. Uh, Nick Trapasso's in it, which makes it even greater. Um, and uh, some just some podcasts. Uh, Raw Talk. Jared Polin uh, is out there right now, photographing the Philadelphia Phillies for the World Series. And uh, it's cool to see like the behind the scenes with all that. He's one of my go-to's when I'm buying gear. And uh, he's from Philadelphia, uh, and he kicks ass, and he's been one of my biggest inspirations ever since I started shooting photography and really knowing what I'm doing. So I listen to his podcast every single week, Raw Talk. Don't don't miss it. Also, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Um, when I can't play video games, uh, I do I do try to stay up on the video game trends because I do feel like it's a bit uh, a big importance in today's uh, entertainment. So that has been cool to get the updates on and shout out to Xbox for finally closing the deal with Activision. Hell yeah, now we're gonna finally have some new Tony Hawkins, baby. Sounds like a monopoly um, to me, but it so does, but it wouldn't benefit the buy Game Pass. Watching uh the only show that matters, Love is Blind. Uh you gotta check it out. It's on Netflix. Dude, um, it's so fucking lame. I, I hey, I like it. I think it's a great show. The reunion was kind Dude, of lame, I, but the, the, the you know the, the the series for now. I'm not into watching TV. Honestly, I didn't start watching TV until Dude. probably like midsummer. Dude, you and so Taylor, I was just let like, me have hey, this. No, let no, me have no, it. <laughs> and also this you and well, Taylor I, start a fan club together, dude. Okay, the, we will. We'll stand and die on our hills. Um, about to get into this. Also, uh, 
yeah, uh, I just fucking watched this movie, uh, this this ghost movie. Uh, ghost. Somebody could whisper it to me right now. It, it involves uh, the, 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 the Marvel character who plays the Falcon. Uh, but it's basically like this ghost who uh, is like up in this attic and like it's his family buys his house and then like makes money off this ghost that they see via social media content creation. Like 21st Century Ghost Movie. That sounds it, fun. It's pretty damn good. I was like, <laughs> wow, I compared this to Haunted Mansion and like the entertainment side of things. But still, you know, you'll get a jump here and there. Um, and then lastly, I, I, I haven't been playing video games at all. I, I, I unfortunately, my life has... Uh, not allowed for that time, but I uh, was like, you know what? I'm so fucking sick of like these long ass games, and I've I beat Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like eight times this week. What do I play? <laughs> you know, one of those days. I don't days. have time for video games. He, he says <laughs> prior to that. <laughs> well, you know, like leading up to Wild in the Trees, I was like, we're getting my guess Pro Skater, which we didn't get. I was like, I'm gonna play. Something. I know. Uh, I had to listen to a lot of Tony Hawk's soundtrack after that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so there's this game called Hi-Fi Rush, which is on Xbox. If you have Game Pass and subscribe to it, it's free to play. Go check it out. It's one of my favorite games since I've played Cyberpunk, which is one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> so go and check that out. Um, but other than that, it is time to plug some things before we get off and running with this. Uh, first off, Greg has a ton of shows, and if you're in the Capital Region or you're traveling from the Northeast or, hey, you're from another country and just, hey, Albany, <laughs> New York sounds pretty fucking empty. <laughs> I'll tell you, the last week of fucking October, man, I don't know how you're going to get through it. Yeah. I will. You will. That's it. <laughs> if there's a will, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. A you know, I, had this, I had three shows this week and it almost killed me, so four jam band shows in a row might finish me off. But Yeah, it's uh, what, like 18 yeah. sets of music, right? So we'll see what happens. Plus, you know, I get there, you know, at the Palace show, I'll be there at like noon. We'll get out of there until probably one in the morning, you know. That's my problem. See, I go to the shows early, I stay late. And, yeah. You know, most, most promoters don't do this, you know, like, I was like loading in uh, North Mississippi All-Stars the other day. I mean, you can't find 10 promoters in the country doing that shit. Yeah. Which, by the way, can we just take one second to thank you, to thank Mountain Bear? For how much of a fucking quintessential world it was into making band load and load out like squeaky clean for Wild the Trees. Achievable. Yes, shout out Mountain Bear for literally Good segue. Uh just I don't know. When we were sitting there, like we were we got there, so we just just a little backstory. We we said we were gonna talk about Wild in the Trees, but uh since we're speaking of Mountain Bear, this is very important. Like th- like we got to the grounds at six AM on that Saturday. And uh, I'm driving up, just like drinking like day old coffee from the day before, and uh, trying to just honestly kill them all. Meta- Gotta give a shout out to this baby right here. One of the best albums ever made by Megaforce Records. Metallica, kill them all. Uh, Whiplash, hit the lights, all the good stuff. Um, I was just blaring uh, Metallica, just trying to keep myself awake because I got like four hours of sleep the night before. So we get there, you get there, you get there, it's pitch black. It, we just were like, you know what? We're going to have a fucking rain fest. It is what it is. But then we see the sunrise and we see the puddles of water in front of our stage. And we're just like, Oof. there's no... I looked at it. I was like, there's no fucking way. This is happening. I went to go like uh, meet up with Nick and like help carry his gear in. And I was like, I walking through like inch of puddles the entire time. I was like, this is not good. No, not good, not at, good all. at all. <laughs> no, and then... Uh, but Mountain Bear was there, showed up, had no reason to have to be there. He just... He just wanted to help yeah, out. He's, and good, he's a good guy. He's a fucking great guy. The Cochrans in general, just great people. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he showed up and 
he made everything better in the sense of we're kind of scatterbrained figuring out what we're going to do. Mountain Bear shows up. We're like getting ready to call the first day. And then he brings this positive atmosphere. And I was just like, we were had a couple bushes at like seven in the morning. <laughs> and I, 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 I like took anything. a walk to the other side of the stage. I was like, okay, there's options here. There's ways we can figure this out. And by the, by the grace of just the way everything worked out, um, I, I gotta, I gotta give a big shout out to Mountain Bear, like everybody else oh, yeah. here, just because keeping the cool is the thing I realized. Like stressing, freaking out, panicking. What the fuck is that gonna do at the end of the day? You know, like it, he kept us focused, and we needed to be focused between the hours of seven thirty and ten thirty when we broke the news. And thank God for Mike at the Trap. Also, big shout out Mike at the Trap, everybody. Uh, go check it out if you want a good craft beer or just man. If you want to go to good at this event, they have. I will say, since starting, they have expanded their drinking menu on because. And I will say this, and I will. I'll be crucified for this if I have to be. Any place that serves only craft and that type of stuff, I find that to be such an ignorant, not an ignorant thing, but it's just, dude, you're missing out on money. People like domestics. There's nothing wrong with a good domestic, and that's something I'm happy we did this year because we had the crew over at Bella Sully's uh, Tavern in Glens Falls who, caterers by trade, had the ability to sell domestic beer. And I think that's an important thing, and that's something that I think a lot of tap rooms could benefit from. You don't have to have the whole soiree of Bush, Budweiser, Rolling Rock, all that, but have one cheapie. Is that, is that a lot to ask for? No, no most bit. places should. I mean, that's that's a big problem. There's a lot of beer snobs out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, I, I've been to places where I didn't know what kind of place it was and asked for, like, a bud. And I thought they just showed me to the door. You know? <laughs> now, you know, uh, very quick, you can sum this up in, like, ten words. What's your opinion on uh, Bush? I have no opinion on Bush. Okay, that's better than <laughs> a bad opinion. All right. Okay. Um, if you like Bush, drink it. I mean, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, the one thing I don't understand is where does fucking Bud Heavy come from? It's Bud and Bud okay. Light. There's no Bud Heavy. It's just Bud. Bud Light. It's the Bud Light drinkers, so, man. Yeah, that, that's the way <laughs> really the Bud Light drinkers like, calling it Bud Heavy. Because they're like, yeah. don't give me that Bud I Heavy. First I first somebody said, Bud you Light. want Bud Heavy? I'm like, is that a new beer? <laughs> 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 I've tried Bud Heavy. So all the hypes about it, at least. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, we got a we got a we got a just a busy uh, last week. We got Magic Beans. We got yeah, November's looking with... pretty good though too. Also, uh, we got a lot of stuff. What's going, going on in November, Greg? Yeah, let me put on my reading glasses <laughs> that I now have because of cataract Busting surgery. Out the uh, on November fourth, we have Moon Hooch at the Hollow. Okay, which is always a great show. We have Super Four Hundred on the tenth doing oh, yeah. uh, Led Zeppelin Four. Cahos. Oh, they're doing so-so, huh? E-Block at Cahos, or at uh, the Hollow on November 10th. Runaway uh, Grooms and uh, Nimbus at the Hollow on November 11th. <laughs> Runaway Grooms, there's a, they're like a jam band out of the Midwest. They're, they're oh, really cool. good. Uh, Blue Star Radiation with uh, Alan Rafamo doing uh, mostly, acoustic. mostly acoustic. Yes. Eggie at uh, Putnam Place on the 17th. Ooh. Class Pony on Wednesday Thanksgiving weekend at the Hollow. And what? I didn't know about that. Yeah, Sorry, that's been, my favorite band. It hasn't been announced yet. Okay. So it'll be announced this week. And <laughs> just announced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's announced. <laughs> and then uh, Neon Avenue at Putnam Place on uh, Saturday at Thanksgiving. 
Saturday awesome. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Neon Avenue and who else? Or just the Avenue two sides? Yeah. Okay, so fucking Thanksgiving's gonna be awesome. You got, oh, you yeah. got some glass pony on a Wednesday, turkey, mashed potatoes on a Thursday. You got Neon Formula Avenue. Five on a Friday, Dude. and then you got you got two days of Joe Davis. I mean, Dude, come yeah. on, how fucking awesome is that? If you're lucky, man, have some time on the weekend to go home and do some stuff with the misses, and you're fucking set. I, hey, yo. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time for a yo. <laughs> um, but as all all you fellow Mirthlings should do, definitely go and check out our Mirth Films YouTube channel. If anything helps us, uh, it's going to hit subscribing on uh, the Mirth Films YouTube channel. We're at 1943 for so subscribers. Close. We're getting there to Great 2000. Year. We already said we're going to do it. Brett's going to get his tattoo, and then we're off to Ask a tattoo million. before the end of 2023. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, I'll, can, I'll, I, can, I'll, I, can I hit one more show up here? Absolutely, Greg. Okay, next Thursday, I have this woman, Claire Maloney, who used to be in Deadgrass, who's taking her, started her own band. She's opened up for uh, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss. She's opened up for Phil and Friends. Wow. She's not well known, but she is unfucking believable. And Laura Lee is opening up for her. And I'm giving a money back guarantee on the show. If you come to the show and you don't think this is some of the best shit you've seen, I'll give you your money what back. What day is this? Thursday, next uh, Thursday. Next Thursday. Thursday. Uh, when, is, uh, when is Enter the, the Haggis again? I don't Enter, know. On Enter the Haggis is on the 20th at Coho's Music Hall. Great, you know, upbeat, uh, sort of crazy uh, Celtic stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, I've worked with them for years and years, and then I didn't have a venue for them for a while, and I'm finally bringing them back after probably about a 10-year hiatus with them. So. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. And uh, just to... Uh, just to so I'll get yelled at. Uh, Mom, thank you for the haircut. I love you. Yeah. Um, and then Sean McCarthy. Uh, one time Greg told me he was going to ask uh, the footage from a secret EBJ set at the drive-in show. A lot of us want to see that. Guess what? I, I if, if that's the one that... What, our, what is our, it? What is it's a, a secret COVID show? show that that Eastbound Jesus did. Oh, it, I know. It, Dave Eamon did one. Of if it, you yeah. want to watch that, it's on the Mirth Films YouTube channel, buddy. Oh, so Sean McCarthy, oh. go and watch that. Um, but I do want to just plug a couple things. Also, Angelina Valenti, uh, one of my favorite up-and-coming female musicians here in the Capital Region. Uh, over the over uh, the summer, I got to do a music video with her at Schenectady County uh, Community College, and her voice is so beautiful that literally it brought a tear to my eyes. Like watching this video and like cutting it together, I was like, I, I, that was the first time I ever felt something like that. And it's just like, it's just the note she was hitting. And just like uh, her, I will say, like Mike, Maria, Kane, uh, you're a fucking rival because Angelina and her boyfriend, I will say, like they, they're, they're just such great people together and create this energy that pours into the rest of the band and, and just seeing that, uh, just is magical to me, and uh, so big shout out to Angelina. Uh, October nineteenth, running through the trees. Her music video drops. Definitely go and check it out. Um, and then also, uh, as we said earlier, we have merchandise now, and uh, for us, it's just it means nothing more than uh, just I don't know. It just it just means a lot to see. Like even at ADK Fest now, or just certain places, like seeing people rep the Mirth stuff, like. Dude, That's we had a Mirth family at Gemfest. The Mirthlings. The Mirthlings. Yeah. We had the Mirthlings. My goddaughter has the only known Mirth Films onesie, and I'm biased because it's my goddaughter, but goddamn, she looks so fucking cute. In it. Kids are the best thing to sell merch with, man. Right? And flyers. Yeah, put little kids out there and flyers out, everybody takes them. Bribe them. That's right. So, <laughs> uh, 
as all of you know, you can watch, listen uh, to the Kind of Live, Kind of Living podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, YouTube podcasts. <laughs> uh, I mean, shit, we're trying to make it easier for you. Um, and... I mean, if we go over 10, I don't know how we're going to count. Nah, I, just, I don't think there's <laughs> enough platforms out there. But, um... Title? Is title still Amazon Music. Guys. Dude. Okay, Amazon Music, if that's a thing, <laughs> we'll make it a thing. There's exclusive podcast we got a team. only We got on a Amazon. Fantastic Four. We have, uh... And I just want to give, personally, a big shout-out to these motherfuckers right here. Doug Quimby... Brett Porter for Amy just Clemmy. Amy Clemmy. Amy Clemmy was not here right now. She was here for our Mirth meeting earlier. And shout out to our newest intern, Nick B. We hope you heal all right. And congratulations on your uh, your first place win at uh, Wild in the Trees Music and Skate Festival 2023. But until then, I think that it's just with Mirth Films, we can't. And you won't. And you don't stop. That's it. Mirth Films, episode 60 of Kind of Live, Kind of Living Podcast. Thank you so much, Greg Bell, for coming Thanks on. Thanks I'll uh, be making out to some of the shows sometime soon. It's been a while, and I just can't wait to get back into the rhythm of things. Well, and, it's always uh, good to see you, Frankie. It's good to see you, too, man. Thank you so much, and we hope you have a great fucking night. Have a good one.